Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. You're part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. You're listening to who? The always wonderful and charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account at Lockdown Diamondbacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. Now, for today's show, we got Connor Newcomb of Lockdown Orioles on. He wants to talk a little bit about Domingo Leba. So, we're going to be talking about him. And then we're going to be talking about MLB's banning of foreign substances we'll get into a whole conversation about that so it's a jam-packed pod that you're not going to want to miss out on but first join walking baseball encyclopedia paul francis sullivan please call him sully every day in lockdown mlb for a unique look at the majors both present and past featuring exciting guest interviews routine check-ins from the lockdown mlb network's team of local experts and insightful analysis of the day's biggest stories Lockdown MLB is the single best source for daily baseball talk. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, all right, all right. Let's jump right into the pod. All right, so we've got Miller Shane Thomas here with us, the host of Locked On Diamondbacks here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Connor Newcomb, host of Locked On Orioles, and uh, we're getting together to talk about the latest Orioles roster move as they claim the former Diamondback, the infielder Domingo Leba, uh, off waivers from Arizona. But uh, first of all, Millard, thank you so much for uh, taking a little time to talk about uh, a guy who's going from, frankly, one bad team to another bad team. Yeah, and if you weren't able to crack the one bad team when they had a lot of injuries, especially in that infield as well with guys like Cabrera and Ketel Marte going down, uh, you know, I feel for you, Connor, if you have to pick up a guy like Domingo Leyva, hopefully he can help you guys out more than he did us this season. Yeah, and, and so, you know, the talk among Orioles fans and people looking at this move is, you know, obviously what he's done in the majors this year, because frankly, the Orioles have not won a lot of games this season, and Leyva is taking a 40-man roster spot which means, you know, Michael Elias sees something in him. And also, if you're on the 40-man roster on a bad rebuilding team, there's like a 99-plus percent chance you're going to be in the big leagues at some point this season. So the Orioles are going to see him in the bigs. And the question is, uh, everyone's looking at what he did in the big leagues this year. 13 games, 24 plate appearances, 0 for 22 at the plate with two walks and seven strikeouts. Again, 0 for 22. So, Millard, I have to ask you, you know, as someone who has obviously watched him more than we have over here in Baltimore, is it bad luck or was he really, really struggling at the plate to not get a hit in 24 plate appearances? Uh, it was probably more struggling for Leba, honestly, this year. Uh, he had that 30% strikeout rate and he swung at like 50 pitches. Uh, not 50 pitches, but 50% of the time he swung at pitches outside of the strike zone. So this was a guy who was not very disciplined in his 
plate appearances this season. And it makes you wonder because this was a guy who pretty much crushed it in the minors in terms of a contact hitter. He was a pretty consistent across the minors. Even in 2019, he played like 20 games for the D-backs and batted above 300. But in 2020, right before the season started, he was suspended 80 games for PDU. So it makes you wonder, was all that past success attributed to that PED use or was that something that he did later in his career to maybe help put on some power? Because I think his last year in the minors before the 2020 shutdown, he had like a career high in home runs or 29 uh, with like 19 or something. I'm trying to pull it up here, but for some reason, my Wi-Fi wants to whack out on me right yeah, now. I think but. it was nine. It looks like 19 homers. Yeah. In 2019 yeah. In, in the minors. Yeah, so 19 home runs in his last 19 home runs, a career high in his last season in the minors. Then he gets that PED bus, and it makes you wonder: is that a little bit of a fluke? Was that you know all that success attributed to what he did with PDs? And then you see him come back this season. He struggled in the Cactus League. He, like you said literally did not get one hit in his major league time this season. So the D-backs, this was once a guy who was high, you know, pretty highly touted and the organization was once as high as number six, according to MLB.com among their top 30 prospects in the organization. So he had some clout at one point, but since 2019, he has not been ranked in their top 30 of an organization. He's still a guy who's only 25 years old, but uh, I would say from what I've seen this year, it's been more of his approach at the plate as to why he struggled this year. Yeah, and, and, you know, you mentioned the prospect status. You know, he was a guy who was initially uh, signed by the Tigers out of the Dominican Republic. And then he was part of that big trade, uh, that three-team trade back in December of 2014, where, you know, the D-backs uh, got Robbie Ray, and then they also got Leba in that trade. And then that trade saw Shane Green go to the Tigers. And then the D-backs sent Didi Gregorius, who was, you know, kind of the biggest name there mm-hmm. uh, to the Yankees. And so you mentioned him being a top 10 prospect at one point. So we get here, you know, he gets two pretty minute chances in the big leagues doesn't take advantage and he's DFA'd, you know, does he get seen as, as kind of a bust, you know, prospect wise from, from D back fans at this point, like, is there a lot of disappointment with how this, this didn't end up working out? Uh, I don't think there's a lot of disappointment with Leiba. I mean, there's obviously disappointment, but I don't think people just look at that deal and crush Leiba because Robbie Ray was the centerpiece of that deal. And for a little bit, Robbie Ray did live up to that deal that first couple of years, but those last, you know, th- that last year, especially in uh, Arizona, Robbie Ray was not kind to watch on the mound. And I-, I don't think he's been too hot for Toronto this season either. I think he has a pretty high year, Ray. I think he's like, is one of the league leaders in home runs allowed in the American league as well. So for D-backs fans, I mean, Leba, uh, Look, we all know he didn't live up to expectations, but I don't think we crushed Leba because I don't think we had super lofty expectations uh, expectations for him when he was acquired. Robbie Ray was more of that centerpiece of that deal. And if Leba broke out, then it would have been a plus. We just really needed the depth in the farm system, wanted to build up uh, the farm system under Mike Hazen. And that's what we've been able to do. But in terms of him actually working out, yes, it's sad to see that he was a disappointment for the D-backs, but I, I don't think people had their, their their hopes up too high with Leba, honestly. I mean, I don't think he should have been. What's kind of the reaction when you look at, and I know it was only eight games uh, in AAA, but, you know, it was 37 plate appearances, that he hit 457 with four home runs uh, in AAA Reno in eight games this season, yet couldn't get a hit at the major league level. Like, how, how does that happen? Because usually if a guy's struggling at the major leagues that bad, he's not hitting 450 with four home runs at AAA. Connor and I will talk some more about Domingo Leba, but first I want to talk to you guys about Credit Karma because 
Who doesn't want instant gratification? If you're looking for satisfaction, there's no need to wait. With Credit Karma Money, you can win cash reimbursements for debit purchases. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. When you use your Credit Karma Money debit card, you can win daily instant karma purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. Open your FDIC insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 5,000 ATMs only for June 8th to to June 30th. And when you make your purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll be automatically entered to win $1 million Credit Karma money. Progress starts here. Right now, visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com slash winmoney to sign up for free and to start winning instant karma. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions in terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MV Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts your car will ever need in a traditional chain storefront. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto part customers online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Best of all, prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back to the pod. Yeah, and that just kind of shows you like the disparity between the major major league level and the minor league level because even even if you look at a guy like Jared Kalenic, you know, the top Mariners prospect, they just sent him back down because of how much he struggled this season. He had 26 strikeouts and 83 at bats. Kalenic was a strikeout machine this season, and he's regarded as one of the best prospects in all of baseball. So if that was a guy who was crushing it on the minor league level and is now, you know, struggling big time on the major league level, it, you could kind of see why a guy like like Leba kind of, you know, did the same thing. There, I think there's a lot of baseball players you look at when you say their minor league side pretty phenomenal. They're AAA guys, but when they make it to the major league level, it doesn't really convert. There are some guys who are just good on that AAA level and they kill AAA pitching. But when they make it to the majors, that they're just not the same player. And I think that's kind of what happened with Leba. Maybe with time it changes because Baseball is such a fluky sport. You see guys, their rookie year, they could really struggle. And then all of a sudden become a superstar the next two years. Sometimes it takes what five, six years for a guy to, to really break out. So uh, baseball is just such a weird sport in that regard. It takes you years to make it to the major league level. Then it still might take you another two or three years to be an everyday contributor. So there's still time with Leba. He's still a young guy, but so far from what I've seen from him on the major league level, I haven't really seen it yet, but there's still time for him to change my mind. You know, kind of quickly, you know, let's assume that the PEDs wasn't a huge part of his success before 2020. You know, you mentioned 2019, he plays in 21 games, 30 plate appearances. You know, he had, he had seven hits, a couple of doubles. He, he drove in five runs. 
you know, when he did have, you know, a little bit of success that year in 2019, when he first came up, you know, what, what kind of hitter was he? Because I know he, that same year had had all the power in triple a, uh, but then did not hit a home run at the major league level. Yeah. Leba, that's the thing. I don't think he just, the thing with Leba, I don't know what his ceiling is. I feel like it's not very high. It feels like the best case scenario for Leba is that he's a 300, a near 300 hitter that could get on base a decent amount, but doesn't really offer you much in the power department. I mean, the only time he had power was the season before he got caught with steroid use is not really a speedster. It's not like he's an elite hitter. So he's not even an elite defensive player. So what, how many tools is he really giving you? That's above average, maybe hitting in contact at the plate, but that's really it. He doesn't have a ton of power. doesn't have a ton of speed. He's not killing you with defense either in terms of a good killing you with defense in terms of helping you on your defensive side of the ball. So Leba, the thing is, I just don't think he has a very high ceiling. And even if he meets his, meets his ceiling, I, I just don't think that's an all-star level baseball player at best. I, I think you want to hope that he's a 15 home run guy, 10 steal kind of guy that could bat you 290 and get on base about 35% of the time. Yeah, the Orioles would take that. And, you know, he's, he's 25 years old now. Uh, he'll be 26 in September. Uh, you know, he's kind of a smaller guy, but but pretty built, you know, 5'11", 2'5", or 5'11", 205, I, I should say. And, you know, obviously is is still uh, rookie eligible, I believe, at this point, because he hasn't had much time um, in the major leagues. Uh, a right-handed batter who, you know, has had success um, in the minors. But the last thing you did just mention it, but I wanted to ask about it a, a little more uh, pointed is that, you know, at both the major league level and the minor league level, he has played second, third, and shortstop. It, you know, I know he was over 22, but at the very least, you know, can he play defense pretty well? And is that, you know, maybe a reason why he was continuing to get chances with the D-backs and, you know, maybe why the Orioles still, still took that shot on him? I think maybe one of the reasons why the D-backs gave him up is because he wasn't a great defender at any one of those positions. He can play the ball and he is versatile, but he's not like a plus defender at any one position. You're pretty much getting an average guy. So if he's not really you know, above average on the defense side of the ball, he's not giving you really much outside of hitting. Uh, it's hard to keep a guy like that around every day. Uh, you know, those kind of major league baseball players don't really exist too much. You kind of need your guys to have some more power, some more slugging nowadays. And you kind of need your guys to get on base at a pretty consistent pace. And Labo was just a guy who was striking out a lot, not giving you plus defense. And without that power too, he's just really not a modern day player that you see in a lot of players nowadays. So, uh, for the D-backs, I, I think one reason they gave up Leiba is because he wasn't, maybe if he was like a Nick Ahmed level defender in the infield, maybe they would have kept him around a little bit more. But considering the guy literally couldn't buy a hit, uh, his defense wasn't enough to make up for it. So we got Connor Newcomb of Lockdown Orioles on the pod today. I just wanted to pick his brain a little bit because the Major League Baseball is talking a lot about cracking down on foreign substances. They're talking about checking uh, pitchers before a start. They want to check pitchers like eight to ten times throughout the start. Uh, they're going to be maybe ten game penalties. Uh, they're even going to be checking position players for foreign substances. So I just wanted to ask you, what are your thoughts on foreign substances in baseball? Do you think they should be here, or do you like Major League Baseball potentially cracking down on the uh, on the illegal use of foreign substances? Connor and I will talk more about MLB cracking down on foreign substances. But first, let me talk to you guys about BetOnline because BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. You can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including 
MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. All right, all right, all right. Let's wrap up the pod. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I don't feel like it's like the number one thing that is because obviously we know that the batting averages are way down in major league baseball and it's a historically bad season through two months, you know, hitting wise. And, but I don't think, you know, use of foreign substances is like the number one reason. I think there's a bunch of reasons, you know, on hitting side and pitching side uh, that are contributing to that. And, you know, obviously the substances that guys are using, you know, they have uh, some play as well, but you also know that not everybody's using it. And there are guys who, you know, don't use it and have success. Like, you know, there's been no evidence that Jacob deGrom really uses anything. Um, and there was kind of a, a Twitter spat with uh, Thomas, Thomas Nito and uh, Marcus Stroman this week, kind of defending deGrom's honor that he, he doesn't use anything. And he's the best pitcher in our game right now. So, you know, it, it doesn't mean that the best guys are all using it and you can be good uh, without it. Now, the other thing is, you know, there's been some suspicions. This kind of relates to the Orioles that John means uh, mm. may be using some substances. There's been some kind of zoomed in videos of a, a little bit of goop in his glove um, at some points. And, you know, it'd be interesting to see how it would affect him if they ever pop him or if he, you know, decides to go away from it before, you know, they would, you know, find it on him if he does in fact use it. But, you know, I'm at the point where if you're really going to crack down and find a way to make sure nobody's using it, I think I'm okay with that um, because of the offensive environment we're in. And I would like to see the offensive numbers go back up, but if it's going to be kind of like a random thing where, you know, one start Trevor Bauer can get away with it. um, But then the next day, you know, whoever he's playing, you know, whoever on, on the diamondbacks or or whatever is trying to use it uh, and, and can't get away with it, you know, in the very next game of the same series or something, I don't want it to be like that. And that kind of seems like where we're headed, where they're going to kind of, you know, do random checks. And I'm sure they'll have pitchers like Bauer who they're going to point out early because he's been pretty not upfront, but beaten around the bush that he is using some sort of substances. And, you know, I think I'm okay with it if they go right at it and get, you know, all of it out of the game, but I think that's going to be really hard to do. Yeah, I think it's going to be hard to do, but I'm in favor of it if they can make it possible where it gets back to an even playing field. Like you said, this isn't the number one problem. They're going to experiment with the mound. They're going to experiment with, you know, a whole bunch of different things. And who knows, maybe eventually, maybe the right thing to do is let these pitchers use foreign substances, but let the batters, you know, boost up with steroids if they want to. I'm down for anything to make an even playing field because batters always talk about they don't mind pitchers using foreign substances if it gives them, you know, it gives them a better grip and control of the ball so they don't get hit. And yes, that's a fair point, but I think the point of saying, 
yeah, they might get better control. And now all of a sudden their RPMs are going crazy. Now their fastballs are looking like cutters with the movement. So I think a position player actually, they, I don't think they actually want uh, pitchers to have better control of those baseballs because it's actually going to be detrimental to them, even though if their safety might be better handled. So I, I want to see how it gets handled in major league baseball. As long as they're consistent with it, I, I think I'll be pretty happy uh, with them cracking down, but you did mention your guy, John Means, because I did want to bring him up because I have seen, you know, a couple TikTok videos here and there, you know, speculating that John Means might be using. So if he, you know, if a guy like John Means who threw a no hitter this year gets caught using foreign substances, does that kind of change your perspective of how you viewed him? Maybe you viewed him as the ace of the Orioles, but if you know he's using foreign substances that's illegal in the game, that does that take a little shine off John Means? It'll be interesting to see because, you know, I would... I would say that at the very least, there's probably at least one pitcher on every team who uses it, right? You know, it, it's it's probably known amongst the game, like what stuff you can get away with, what stuff you can hide well, you know, what stuff isn't just pine tar. Like when people think of substances, they think of, you know, Michael Pineda slathering pine tar all over <laughs> his neck. Like that's the worst way to do it. Like anybody who's at the stadium that day can see that you're using it. Now, you know, if the mean stuff is true, he's kind of got it like tucked away in his glove where nobody can really see it. And it's not so crazy, you know, that like every time someone catches the ball, they can, you know, see that something's on it. It looks like, you know, if he does have something, he's just got a little something in there that, you know, he's always throwing the ball into his glove as he's on the mound waiting to pitch. And it looks like every time he does that, you know, he's maybe trying to, to throw it in there. And, you know, I wouldn't be too upset now, I think what has what happens where the way you look at it is if they crack down on means right and they target him as one of the guys they really want to come after and he's forced to not use anything if he has been using stuff and he returns to like you know a major league average starting pitcher or something then that becomes disappointing because you're like wow this took him to AL Cy Young conversation throwing no hitter territory mm -hmm. from you know maybe down to you know solid middle of the rotation starting pitcher or whatever he may be without it. So that would be disappointing, but you know, it feels like means still has the stuff. And I think the means thing is interesting too, because like for some of these pitchers, like the sticky stuff helps them throw that crazy slider uh, that, that, you know, has a million RPMs and, and, you know, just looks impossible to hit and also helps with the fastball. But I think it's interesting because John means his best pitch is his changeup, which I think if you were to kind of list the pitches that you feel like would be helped by the sticky stuff, like maybe the changeup wouldn't be near the top of that list just because you're not looking as much for spin rate. It's more about, you know, changing velocities with that pitch. And so that I, f I find that kind of an interesting you know way to look at means because, you know, as you said, there's some, there's some TikTok videos out there that does make yeah. it look like you might be using stuff, but it's interesting that he's such a big changeup guy. Um, but, you know, we, we will see. And, you know, if the sticky stuff goes away and he turns into like the Orioles best starter, but not a two ERA guy, then I'm like, okay, you know, he's still good. We'll take this. But if it, you know, he goes way down after that, then I think it does take a little to polish off it. And it also is like, if they catch means they're going to be catching a lot of other guys. And I think a lot of other guys are going to be looking differently in their stats and how they've pitched through far, so far this year. Yeah. And if you put a camera on pretty much any baseball player for the majority of a game, they're going to be touching their helmet, hat, batting gloves, like a million times their belt, like baseball players just love to touch themselves up throughout our entire game because they're weird with their routines and things like that. 
That's it for this edition of the Locked On Dimebacks podcast. Remember, get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Braskowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, come back tomorrow for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. And as always, stay safe and stay